Good morning. How's everybody? Tanner's good. Tanner's fantastic. So if you have your Bible this morning, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, if you'll find that, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I ask when you find that to please stand and, and honor the reading of God's Word this morning, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and we'll start our reading in verse number 8. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 8. We'll read to the end of the chapter. The Apostle Paul said this. He says, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken, we also believe and therefore speak. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us, also raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Verse 18, here's the text. It says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The last line of that verse, I'm going to read it one more time. It says, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, thank you for the many blessings of the day. God, thank you for allowing us to be in your house this morning. God, I thank you for each one that's gathered here. Lord, I just pray that you would bless them for their effort of coming to your house this morning. God, I just pray that you would touch me this morning. God, use me as your vessel. Lord, I stand here absolutely humbled this morning. God, I just pray that you would speak through me, and God, that I would say nothing, Lord, that you would not have me to say. God, I just pray that you would bless the church, Lord, touch the Christians this morning, but God, if there's somebody lost, I pray that you would save them. God, deal with their heart this morning, and let them know, God, that this earth is just temporary, but you are eternal. God, I just pray that you would give me clarity of mind and clarity of speech to preach your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Cecil told you I was preaching on eternity this morning, but I'll start out by saying this to you. We live in a very skeptical world, don't we? And you hear a lot of people, there's an old cliche that you'll hear a lot, and people will say, I'll believe it when I see it. That's what they say, that, that people don't believe you, and people won't trust you, and just won't take your word for anything these days, 
Because I guess that the world is so full of distruth and so full of dishonesty that maybe people can't be, be believed. But when they hear about something amazing or they hear about something different or special, that's the first thing they'll say. Well, well I'm going to have to see it to believe it or I'll believe it when I see it. And as, as Paul was talking about this, if you notice in verse number 18, I wanted to, to precede all that by reading the previous verses and give you some context. But Paul said this in verse 18, and this is the text verse. He says, while we look, while we look. And then he says it a couple of more times, he says the things which are seen, and he says the things which are not seen. So I'll believe it when I see it. And I think that a lot of people have this same attitude and they have this same mindset when it comes to the things of God. You know, as a Christian, we have to step out on faith. You cannot be saved by the grace of God unless you first step out on faith. You have to believe in something that you don't see. And a lot of people find that, that hard to swallow as if they can't see it or if they can't tangibly touch it, then it's hard for them to believe. But we as Christians step out on faith on things that we cannot see. And Paul wants to drive home a point when he wrote to the Corinthian church this morning that everything that we see, every single thing that we see, anything that we can lay our eyes on, anything that we can touch, is just temporary. It's just temporary. See, we have to have this mindset as a church that one of these days this church is not going to be here anymore. This congregation won't be here anymore and that seems sad, and I'm not trying to bum you out this morning and make you feel bad or anything, but, but a lot of stuff that we do that's so temporal and it doesn't amount to much, we have to focus on the things that are eternal. Paul said to focus on the things that are eternal. He said, while we look at the things which are not seen, things that we don't see, things that we can't tangibly touch, things that we can't put our hands on, yet Paul says that we're to focus on those things were to turn our attention to things above and not things below. So just a few things that we can see. And we put so much thought into this flesh. We put so much into our flesh because that is what we see. Now I'm going to stop for just a moment and I'm going to explain something. We all understand the concept of the Trinity of the, of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Correct? Everybody pretty familiar with that, that, that doctrine. But also, I want you to understand this, that you as a person, you're also a tripartite being. That you are made up of three parts. When I see Mason, I can see Mason's flesh. And it's a little sunburnt right now, brother. Did you know that? You're a little sunburnt. And I see your flesh. That is the part of Mason that I see. But yet inside of him, what I cannot see, there's actually two more parts to Mason that I can't see. He has the spirit of man in him. Every person has the spirit of man, whether it's if you're saved, the spirit of man is alive. And if you're not saved, then the spirit of man within you is dead. And then also within Mason is what we know and what we know is the soul. That is the inner part of Mason. That is the part of Mason or any of us that will absolutely live or die forever. So really, when you think about it, when, when we see ourselves in the mirror, we're only seeing just a little bit of ourselves. We're only seeing about one-third of us because we can't see our spirit. We can't see our soul. And I think because we can't see those, if we're not careful, we'll forget that they're there. We'll forget that that's really the most important part of us because, because everything else perishes. 
And so just a few things that we see around us that I'll give you this morning. Number one, I want you to understand that one of the things that we see going on around us is, is as we look around, we see a lot of problems, don't we? We live in a world that is absolutely full of problems. And it doesn't take long for you to find problems. And I'm not just talking about the world. I'm talking about your world as an individual. There's always a problem, it seems like, going on in our life. It seems like you'll have, sometimes you'll have one good day and then you'll have three bad days. And you don't know what's going on. And sometimes it kind of distresses you out. Sometimes it, it just kind of disheartens you. And you think, why am I even trying to fight this battle? Some days it's just not worth it. And we have problems. Anybody in here have problems besides me? Am I the only one? Raise your hand if you've ever had a problem. Some of you are lying if you didn't raise your hand. Y'all need to get on the altar and repent. I've had problems. I've had, believe it or not, I've had family problems. Y'all ever have family problems? I know we come to church and we smile and, and things like that, but occasionally... You know, you have problems. And then sometimes you have financial problems. You have all kinds of problems that go on things that you don't want in your life, but, but suddenly they just show up. You can't prepare for a lot of these things. You don't know they're coming. You don't see them. And you just think, wow, how did that happen? Why did this happen? Uh, some, pe some people act like problems sometimes, don't they? And you don't ask for it, but it happens. But I want you to understand that those problems that we have, those things that we see, we see the problems. We see them. They're, they're visibly manifested in some way, form, or fashion through our flesh or through the flesh of another person or in things that we see. And so many times we get caught up in our problems. But not only do we have problems, the Apostle Paul also brings out in the previous verses that we also have pain, don't we? We have a lot of pain. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't enjoy pain. Some people say it don't bother them that well. Well, I guess I'm a sissy sometimes because I don't like to hurt much. Uh, I've, I've, I used to get migraine headaches and still do sometimes, and, and, and I don't enjoy that. But this world is absolutely full of pain. And I'm not just talking about where, you, where you're working outside on the deck or something to hit your finger or hit your thumb with a hammer, but I'm talking about some people living in pain every single day of their life. And, and you know those people, they, what do they call it, Tanner? You're, you're a lot smarter than I am. You're, an, you're, you're a paramedic. What's that called when somebody's in pain all the time? Chronic pain, is that it? And some people, they live in chronic pain. And the Apostle Paul says in this, in verse number 8, as I just read, he said, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed, perplexed, he said, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. Paul said, We're going through a lot of things in this flesh, a lot of negative things, in fact, things that we don't enjoy. There's another word that I could throw in there that, that I didn't even put in there, but, but sometimes we go through persecution. We don't really face persecution in the United States like some Christians face persecution, but there's persecution of Christianity all over the world. It's hard to be a Christian in some places. But sometimes you... You, you deal with these problems and you deal with this pain and, and you only focus on that. Just this week, I, I met a lady and I didn't know her and, and didn't know her life story. And, and I, I think her name was Sherry, but I can't remember her name. And, and she found out I was a, a preacher and a pastor. 
And, and when the people find that out, well, they kind of want to tell you their problems sometimes. And, and I'm not, I'm, do that. Tell me. I, I want to hear about it. I need something to pray about. And when she found that out, she said, well, my mother is terminally ill. She only has two months to live. And this was an unsaved lady. And she said, you know, she said, I hate to say this in front of a preacher, but I get mad at God and I cuss God sometimes. I curse God. And, and of course, I defended God very quickly. And I said, well, you, you ought not to do that. I, you know, I, I said, that's, that's terrible. And, and I didn't mean to be rude to the lady, but I don't want anybody cussing God, you know. And she said, I cussed God. And she said, I get mad at Him. And the thing about it is, is she don't realize just how temporary this thing really is. She doesn't understand because she's an unsaved lady. She doesn't understand that one of these days that her life's going to be over, that her mother's life's going to be over, and that pain is going to be done with, and then she's going to be left to face eternity. And then her mother's going to be left to face eternity. She only saw the problem. But then sometimes, if we're not careful, we get caught up in not only temporal things that are negative, but sometimes we get caught up in temporary things that are positive. I like positive things, don't you? I try to be a positive thinker. Sometimes it's hard. My wife is a very positive person. I don't even see my wife. I guess she left. I don't know. <laughs> but she's a very positive person. I try to be positive. And sometimes we get caught up in positive things. Sometimes we get caught up in temporary things like pleasure. We like to have fun, don't we? I'm not saying having fun's a bad thing and, and enjoying yourself in life is a bad thing. But far too often we, we put too much time into it. We put too much effort into it. And it seems like when we get off work and, and, and go relax that we want to go do something fun. We want to go play golf. I like playing golf. Or you want to go do something or go deer hunting. And that's not bad. But sometimes we let that pleasure get in front of what's important because that pleasure is just temporary. One of these days it's over. One of these days that, that pleasure is going to come to an end. In the book of Ecclesiastes, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a fun little book to read. A lot of people kind of ignore it because of the, the, the title seems hard to understand. But in the book of Ecclesiastes, in the title that means the preacher... Solomon, who was the wisest man to ever have lived and probably one of the richest men to ever have lived, said that he did everything under the sun. If you go to the book of Ecclesiastes and you read it through, you'll see the words under the sun numerous times. You can just do a quick Bible search of it in a Bible app or something like that. And you'll see that he says under the sun that Solomon, the, the, one of the richest, wisest men on this earth, tried pretty much everything that he could try. I mean, he tried every pleasure that he could try. He liked to have fun. He had all this wealth, and he had all these pleasures in life. And then, it, as he would say that I tried everything under the sun, in the very same verse, he would say, and it's vanity. He would say it doesn't amount to anything. It, 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 at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. We can have our fun. We can have our pleasure. But at the end of the day, it's just temporary. It's just temporary. Not only do we have our pleasures, but sometimes we have our possessions, don't we? How many of you like to have nice stuff? I, you know, I like to have stuff. Amen? <laughs> I guess I'm worldly. I don't know. Some of you, you probably have stuff. And, and if you're like me, I moved recently. And, and I didn't realize how much, you, you don't realize how much you have until you start moving it, do you? 
and you want to purge it out and sell it off and get rid of it, and you look at some clothes that you had, and you think, well, I'll never fit in that again. I don't even know why I've still got this. And you throw it out. And we have our possessions, we have our homes, we have our vehicles, and we, we have all these things, and a lot of people just pour their lives into that. They pour everything they have into, into having a nice home and having a nice vehicle, and there's nothing wrong with that. But they don't understand that it's temporary. They don't understand that one of these days that house is probably going to decay. You can drive through Putnam County, White County, all the surrounding areas, and, and you'll see off to the side of the road, you'll see old, old barns and old homes and, and old things, and they'll have weeds growing up in them, and the, the roof will be caving in, and the boards will be falling off of it. And you know, one, one day back in the day, that was a new house. That was a new barn. Somebody was proud of that. Somebody had that possession, and they thought, man, look what I have got. But now here it is, you fast forward 50, 60, 70 years, and that possession don't mean as much to anybody. We get caught up in those things, and, and we put a lot of stock in those. And I understand we have to live, we have to have shelter, we have to have means of transportation. Again, these things are not wrong, but I want you to understand that they're temporary. Don't spend all of your life trying to, to pour into these things that one of these days is just going to be gone anyways. If it doesn't decay... If Jesus comes back, then Peter tells us that it's going to burn up. So either way, it's just it's temporary. But not only that, one more thing that I'll give you, and these two things kind of go together, is that our power and our prestige. You know, you, you, you work all your life. How many of you have had or do have a job? And, and if you've been there for a while, hopefully, if, if all went well for you, then you moved up the ladder, right? Hopefully. Now, some jobs are not like that. Sometimes you'll spend 40, 50 years there and it don't seem like they notice you much, but you move up the ladder and, and, and a lot of people get caught up in success. They get caught up in having power. They, they want to you know, be the greatest and they want to be the most powerful in the company and they want to have all these great things going for them. And then along with that power also comes prestige. You know, you can, you can mention somebody's name and, and you're, you automatically associate what they do with, with them. You know, when, when you mention Cecil, I think about where he works. When you mention Tanner, I think that Tanner's a paramedic and, and all these things. And, and you spend your life glued to a job and, and trying to gain and, and get and, and pull in. But at the end of the day, it's just temporary. Some of you have retired, and, uh, and, and I'm sure, I hope you're enjoying your retirement, but you, you realize just how temporary those jobs are when you retire and you just get replaced, don't you? My, 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 my dad and my stepmom are here this morning, and, and she recently, I think, what, two or three years ago, retired from the Cookville Hospital. She probably delivered some of y'all in here. She was there for about 40 years, worked in the, worked in the uh, was it 40 years? I'm sorry. I, She's only 35. I'm at 20 years. <laughs> but she worked at the Cookville Hospital in the, in the OB delivering babies for many years. If you were born in Cookville, there's a good chance she had a hand in it, literally. But <laughs> she, she delivered babies, and she retired recently. She said that she kind of got fed up with some things, and, and I can understand that. But guess what? When she retired, I happen to know that when my child was born at the OB, that they had a nurse there to replace her. Just temporary. And, and though they miss her and, and she was valuable, guess what? Life goes on, don't it? 
one of these days you'll be out of your job and, and you'll be sitting back at the house comfortable and, 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 and life's just going to go on. And it's all just temporary. Psalms tells us, I believe it's Psalms 24, I can't remember, and I would have wrote it down, but I didn't this morning. But Psalms says that the, the days of a man are about three score and ten. Some of us will have 70 years, some of us will have 80 years, maybe even 90 years, some of us less. And that seems like a long time. Uh, as I'm, I'm getting older in my years, older to me, some, to some of you I'm not old, but, and to some of you I'm ancient. My nieces think I'm really old. But as I'm getting older, I, I, I turn around and I stop and I look and I think, how did I get here so fast? You ever thought, ask yourself that, Brother Cecil? Brother Cecil, he's, he's, he said maybe in a few years he's looking at retirement. I've talked to him about it. And, and no doubt he's probably wondered, how in the world did I get here as fast as I did? And it's all, it's, it just flies by. And then Ecclesiastes says that, that one of these days our life ends and that, that man goes to their long home. Ecclesiastes chapter number 13, Solomon calls the place that you will spend eternity your long home. That these homes are just temporary. That these homes, one of these days, it's all going to be over with. And these abodes that we live in now are going to be gone. We're going to vacate them. We're going to be out of here. Leave it to somebody else. And then it's their problem to deal with. And then we have eternity. We can't fathom just how long eternity is. I was thinking about this in just a very simple illustration. I do what I call the tape measure illustration. And I wish I had a tape measure here this morning, but I don't. But I like to get a tape measure out. and Just envision this in your mind, if you will. Just imagine a tape measure stretched out to 70 inches. I like to do that. 70 inches, I don't know, maybe that's that far. I've got pretty long arms. And however long that 70 inches is, I'll ask people in the crowd when I do that illustration. I'll say, how old are you? And they'll tell me, and I'll point to where they're at on that tape measure. And that opens their eyes, and their eyes get about that big, and they'll say, well, I didn't know, I just, I just had this much left on the tape measure. And I said, well, even if you pull it out to 80 inches, you, you don't have much left. But then I thought that tape measure usually ends at about 25 feet, but what is that compared to eternity? You could take that tape measure, and you could wrap it around the earth a hundred times, and you still have got nowhere near eternity. Everything that we see is so temporal, but yet two-thirds of every single one of us is eternal. Do you know why we're eternal? Because when God created man and He breathed the breath of life into man, it made man an eternal soul. There is nothing you can do to change that. There's, there's no way that you can abort that. There's no way that you can put a stop to that. Whether you like it or not, one of these days your soul is going to spend eternity somewhere. Somewhere. Now the thing about it is, and, and the good thing about it is, is that during this temporary life, we actually can see that that soul spends eternity in heaven. By default, if you reach the age of accountability and you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, there's one alternative. Heaven or hell. That's it. For eternity. And I would hate to know that I stand before God one of these days... And he, he, he looks at me and maybe shows me all the things that I've built up in this world, the, the kingdom that I've built. And it's just something built on sand. 
It's just something that's going to fall apart, something that's going to decay. And then we're faced with eternity. We're faced with it. Because one of these days, it's over. It's just temporary. Paul says that we're to look at those things. We're to look at the things which we can't see. I know that's hard. I understand that that that's not the easiest concept to to just step out on faith and just say, okay, God, I trust you. God, I trust you that you're going to take care of the temporary things. God, I trust you that you're going to take care of my home and my family and all these things that are temporary. And God, help me to focus on things that are eternal. Paul said, while we look not at the things which are temporary, but we look at the things which are eternal. Chapter 5, verse number 1, if you read on into the 2 Corinthians, he says, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, here's the word again, eternal, in the heavens. Paul says that we have the hope of eternity. But we get so caught up in our life, we get so caught up in the things around us, the problems and the pain and, and all these things that it kind of blurs our vision, it blinds us and, and, and the, the, the devil wants you to be blind. He wants to pull the wool down over your eyes so that you don't see what's really important. It's, uh, we don't understand just how important eternity is. As Christians this morning, I want to challenge you in light of this fact of eternity that every single person that you meet has a soul. That lady that I met the other day had a soul. Sherry had a soul. And if, if and I, I, I witnessed to her. I didn't get to just go into it real deep. She wasn't that interested, but she did ask me to pray for her mother, and I appreciated that, so I did. You know, if she, if she can cuss God if she wants to, but if she wants her mother prayed for, I'll pray for her because she has a soul. We all have a soul. Every single person in this building under the sound of my voice has a soul and has a spirit. And sometimes we have to look beyond the flesh. We have to look past the flesh because sometimes the flesh isn't desirable to see. Sometimes people are rough. They're alcoholics. They're drug addicts or or whatever the situation may be. And we don't want to give them the time of day. But we have to because they're eternal. Two-thirds of them is going to live forever somewhere. And as Christians, it's our job to tell people about eternity. But if you're lost here this morning, I want to say this to you. I want you to be aware of the fact that you are eternal. That your soul is eternal. That you're going to spend eternity somewhere. If you're lost this morning, think about that for a moment. Think about how temporary our life is. Just how short it is. And and, and you can't do anything to make it any longer. You might take the best medicines. You might have the best doctors. But one of these days, it's coming to an end. And you're going to look back over your life and you're going to think, wow, that didn't take long. And now I'm looking at eternity. I'm looking at eternity. I'm looking at things now that are not seen. The Bible says that one of these days for Christians, our faith's going to end in sight. We're going to see the glories of the Lord. That one of these days we will actually be able to see. The Bible says that the veil will be lifted. For now we see through a glass darkly. We just know in part. But one day we shall know as we are known. We'll spend eternity in heaven as Christians. 
in the glories of the Lord. And Paul said that's what we need to be looking forward to. Paul said we need to be looking at that. We need to not focus on the things that are temporal, not focus on the things that are going on around us, and focus on what's eternal. I would implore you this morning, I would beg you, if you're lost, to examine your life, to to, to look at your life and, and think about how fragile and how short life really is. And think about the fact that you're going to spend eternity somewhere. And that the decision that you could make this morning in this temporary life could decide your fate for eternity. It's that important. This is serious business, isn't it? Some of you are looking at me real serious, and I'm glad because this is a serious thing. I'm not really a joke teller, and and I don't like to just make people laugh the whole time because eternity is that important. Eternity is something that, that you can't get out of, that you can't change. You know, when, when God breathed into Adam about 6,000 years ago in the book of Genesis, Adam's going to live for eternity. All these guys in the Bible that you read about, the Apostle Paul, Moses, all these folks, they're living for eternity. And Paul had his eyes fixed upon eternal things. Everybody stand this morning. Uh, is, is Lauren in the, in the sanctuary? If she's not, Daniel, we come up here and get your guitar, buddy, and just, just play for me. Would everybody bow your head for just a moment? Sometimes I struggle with how to end services, but, but God is just, just, I think, just wants it to be quiet in here for just a few minutes. And for you to think about what the Bible said. Not anything I've said, not, not anything that I've delivered because I'm not that eloquent, I'm not, I'm not anything special. But that God may be dealing with somebody this morning. That sure, you're having problems. Sure, you're going through pain. Maybe you have a, a big position at your company. Or maybe you have a lot of power in your life or whatever it is. But you must come to grips with the fact that it's temporary. That it's just so short. And then one of these days, uh, everything's going to change. And all that's going to matter is whether or not Jesus Christ is your Savior. The only thing that matters at the end of life, it doesn't doesn't matter how much money you collected up. It doesn't matter about your house or your home or your position in your business or even what kind of pain you're going through at the time. All that matters is that you are prepared to face eternity. It's that you're ready when God calls you and God takes you out of this life that He can look at you and He can say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You can enter into the glories of heaven. That's all that matters. Now there are a lot of things that go with that. I'm, I'm just giving you the short version of it. There's, there's a whole Christian life, a whole discipleship and all that. There's a lot that goes with it. But the most important decision is your decision of where you will spend eternity. And that's your decision to make. If God's dealing with your heart, all you have to do is just ask God to save you. Just just believe and confess your sins before Him. And you can be saved and you can spend eternity in heaven. And then you can turn your focus in your life onto eternal things instead of temporary things. See, if you start looking through this world through a Christian worldview, 
You'll see that these temporary things are not that important. They're not that great. They're, they're not all that you thought they were. So many people get to the end of their life and they think, I've heard people say this, that I've pretty much wasted my life. Now, I don't want that to be me. This temporary time that, that we have on earth, we can make the best of it. We can give it to God. We can give it to Jesus and, and, and let Him take control of our lives. As I pray this morning, if you want to come to the altar, the altar's open. We can, we can show you how to be saved. We can show you how simple it is. You don't have to be a, a great theologian to understand how to ask Jesus Christ into your heart. Christians, pray with me this morning. God, we love you. Lord, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you, Lord, for what you've said this morning. God, I just pray that you would touch each one that's here. God, help us Christians to understand how temporal this life is. But God, help the lost to understand how long eternity is. Lord, I just pray that you would deal with people this morning. God, change hearts. Lord, I don't think that any time that we open your word or that we hear your word preached that we should leave the same as we came in. And God, I just pray that you would touch people this morning. God, that you would help Christians to understand that fact. But God, please deal with the loss this morning. God, if somebody needs to step out, Lord, let them step out. Come to this altar and make that decision that will last for eternity. God, I just pray that you would help this church. God, help us to grow. But Lord, not for our glory, but for yours. God, help us to win the lost to you. God, help us to understand the time is growing short. Father, we love you. God, I thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, buddy. It's been good to be here this morning. Amen.